This is episode number 55 of the Abuse Talk podcast. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my pain into a purpose. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and believe that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector and sharing it with all of you. We are also mixing it with survivor stories, those with lived experiences. We can learn from them and help raise the awareness of domestic abuse. In this episode, um, I don't have a guest. I'm talking to myself, but I'm explaining exactly where I have been over the last few months and I'm looking forward to sharing my story with you today. Before we get started, I want to say a huge thank you to Rockpool. They're the main sponsor for Hashtag Abuse Talk and they deliver trauma-informed programmes around the UK. You can find them at rockpool.life. I also want to thank my patrons Susan Rahima and Katrina Hay for their continued support. You can find out more about that at patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore. Hello, I am back. Um, Did you miss the podcast? Did you miss me? I am going to explain exactly where I have been, what I have been doing and why I have been, I guess, AWOL. And I have made the subject of this podcast episode identity crisis because that is exactly what I have been going through and I'm going to explain why it is linked to my trauma, linked to everything I've been through and how I am now and how I have made it through, hopefully. So I have made an accompanying blog post that you can read if you prefer to read it. It's over at jennifergilmore.com and you'll be able to see it's titled Identity Crisis. So I'm going to get into it now. So let me start with last year, 2021. I went into that year um, with a New Year resolution about putting myself first. Now, you can imagine this is an incredibly hard task for somebody who has been through an abusive relationship. I have never actually put myself first. I've always been able to make some kind of excuse or um, have the mind space to allow myself to do it because this will help the children. This will help me be a better person. This will help X, Y and Z. But from that, I have learned by doing exactly that, by putting myself first, I was actually happier. I was able to bring my energy up Um, into my family and into my business. So instead of thinking about it from a people-pleasing point of view, putting me at the forefront actually benefited those areas better. Saying all of that though, I recognised that I had so much to work on, recover from and to grow even more. And when you think you're just there, you've made it, you have healed, you have gotten over that trauma, you have just made it. Another can of worms opens and I have to admit that I had such a huge 
plot twist is what I'm going to call it. I didn't feel like I just leveled up. I felt like I'd skipped five levels. So let me go into this a bit more. Um, I'm going to admit that even though I had this new year resolution in place, I didn't actually act upon it till around August. And I think that was because I had to really settle into what does it mean to put myself first and how am I going to do it with all of the obstacles that are in my brain. But one day I woke up really early, I think it was about 4am, and I saw a post come up on Facebook about a week um, away, an abseil down a building, 150 foot. And you know what? I booked it in. It's something I've never done. I would always check with my husband, check it was okay, contemplate it, worry about it, be anxious and nervous about it and probably back out on the day, let's face it. But I booked this abseil in. I just did it on my own accord and I said to my husband, this is what's going to happen. You can come, bring the kids, you can watch me. It'll be great fun. And do you know what? I did it. I got on top of this building. I was one of the first to go down. I saw everybody really nervous, shaking, and I had this mindset, really tunnel vision focused on, I just have to climb over and go down. And I did exactly that. It doesn't mean I wasn't nervous, but I had this mindset of let's just get it, let's get on with it, let's not procrastinate. I know that I'm going to feel pretty much amazing when I get to the bottom of that building. And I did. I felt empowered, I felt invincible, I felt I knew I could make mind over matter and everybody was cheering, it was such an amazing feeling and that was the first time I realised that even though in that abseil I was out of control because I had the rope, you know, looking after me, I was in control of the decision to be out of control And things really shifted from there. So after that, I decided um, that I needed a personal trainer to help me get on on track with my fitness. I'd already completed the Couch to 5K program. I was so pumped about that because it's something I was really struggling with. It didn't take me um, the nine weeks it should. It took me about 12 to 13, but I never gave up and I did it. So I got a PT and... I did kind of think that it was about putting me first, but I realised I had the best excuse. And the best excuse was my health. Um, Because ultimately, in about one or two years, I'm going to be having a hysterectomy. So I felt this is the moment that I am going to sort out my body, get in the best health state possible so that when I have that operation in the future I can recover faster and get back to work faster so it really wasn't about putting myself first however things changed um, during that time with the PT and within 12 weeks I was deadlifting 110 um, kg I never considered weightlifting before and I could see the difference in my body What started out as something about me recovering faster 
became about me finding this inner confidence and trying to fall in love with my body and accepting me for who I am, which will give me the ability to put me first. Now, I came across um, a quote via a TikTok, believe it or not. If you haven't found me on TikTok, uh, my tagline is the same everywhere. It's at Jen, J-E-N, L Gilmore, spell G-I-L-M-O-U-R. So at Jen L Gilmore. And I came across this TikTok and it really just, really, oh, it made me think so much about what has been going on in the eight years that I have left my abusive partner and thought that I was on this healing journey, this recovery journey. But actually, what does it mean? So I'm going to read it to you. Um, I spoke about it on uh, the Big Bear podcast that I was a part of as a guest and I felt called to put this episode together. So here is the quote. Unlearning abuse requires for me to unlearn the survival tactics I learned in abuse that now I call my personality. That's not who you are. That's who you became based on who they were. Because pain builds walls, but healing builds doors. I have to tell you, I have no idea why it's taken me eight years to realise that I have done exactly this. I have been the person that he had made me, he had created, and I hadn't realised just how much that encompassed everything. Now, don't get me wrong, I recognised some of my behaviour, some of the habits that have uh, come from it, that my identity was taken, that I had a different blueprint, that my morals were questioned, and all of this. But I hadn't realised just how much grounded in me was the person that he had created. (sighs) Just taking a breath there, thinking back about it, to be honest. Because when I had that realisation, I also realised that my husband, when he met me, I'd just come out of that abusive relationship, he met me as that exact person. He met me at my weakest, in survival mode, as an empty shell, as somebody who has been created for a purpose, for my ex-abuser's purpose. And in the last year, I have made a huge shift to actually discover who I am. But this really questioned me as a person and my identity. Because if I look back at my journey, before I met my ex, I was that fun-loving person. Everybody would invite them to, uh, you know, parties. I would be the jokester. I'd be the one that would put my hand up first. I'd be game for a challenge. I'd be stuck in. I wouldn't overthink things. I didn't have a lack of confidence. I was just me. And I accepted me for who I was. So, who am I? Who am I? Do I want to go back to that person? No, I don't. Because I've grown since then. I've learned since then. I've been through all of those experiences 
and I'm here now. So then I had to think, actually, what? who would I be if I hadn't have gone through that abusive relationship? And I thought about, who who am I? Because I have got so many labels. I've got the labels of wife, mum, business owner, public speaker, domestic abuse survivor, you know, sister, daughter, cousin. I've got all of these things that make up me. But where's my personality within there? Where's my identity? I'm just doing jobs after jobs, tasks after tasks, role after role. But who am I? And I have to admit it was around November. It was November and it was a time where I really, really struggled. So um, what happened is I started questioning all of myself as a person but I also questioned my sexual identity, my sexual orientation, should I say. And that comes from years and years, to be honest, of um, calling it whatever you would like. So I would compliment a woman or look at a woman and be feeling, oh, they're a really good role model. They really inspire me. They really are like this. They're really attractive. They're stunning. They're X, Y, and Z, and I didn't think anything of it apart from feeling that I would like to feel that sense of uh, confidence or they're beautiful. I'd love to feel beautiful. And I put it down to something else that we can crush on um, women and be straight and it's okay. But I knew that wasn't the case. And I spoke to my husband about it naturally. And we had a really difficult conversation. And he basically said, go and explore. Go and explore what that means for you. (sighs) And that led me down um, a path where in November and December, I pretty much um, disassociated. Um, I really struggled day after day. Um, The days felt like weeks and... I wasn't me, I was, I wasn't all there, I was having conversations about um, monogamy and about um, all of the upset I felt from the things that had happened in my life. I actually had a realisation that my life is really sad. I have gone through so much, even putting the domestic abuse aside, I'd accepted that I've got childhood trauma I was severely bullied, I've got chronic illnesses, I've been sexually assaulted, I have been raped, um, you know, as a random occurrence, and then I've had, obviously, the marital rape. And so I just started piling up all these things and realising that, yes, it's complex. I can say it's complex trauma, but actually saying one thing and accepting it for what it is and another oh, that is a completely different kettle of fish. So November and December were a really, really dark place for me and it's not been easy. So where am I now? How am I dealing with that? Well, I need support for that disassociation. I know I fleeted in and out of doing that over the eight years but to actually hold on to it for, I think it was about five weeks, 
was really difficult. And people could tell, you know, my writing style changed online. Um, the way I was talking to people was completely different. My husband was like, it's a different, you know, I'm a different person. My opinions and views and thought process is completely different. And it was um, not a nice place to be. It was almost like I had tunnel vision. But I got there in the end and I accepted that, yes, I am um, a bi-lesbian. You know, I feel 1% for my gorgeous dear husband who has supported me through got all this stuff and 99% for, for women. And I questioned that really and confl- was c- conflicted with it with my past sexual violence and thinking, am I feeling like this because of that? So you can imagine I am just in a whirlwind of emotions and thinking, what am I going to do? How am I dealing with this? And the answer is I just had to take it step by step and little by little. And now I'm I'm finally here. I'm back. Um, 2022 is about embracing what I have found in myself through 2021 and dealing with such a huge identity crisis. Something I do know is I'm never going back. I'm starting to feel healthier physically and mentally. I've surpassed what I thought I could achieve and I'm so glad I decided to take up weightlifting alone. It's given me that motivation, the stress relief, escapism and determination. I know some of you will have probably been on my journey since I fled from my abuser eight years ago. Some of you have probably just met me within a few years and some of you are probably listening to me for the first time. But however long you have known me, I just want to thank you for being here and thank you for your support. I've received so many words of encouragement, messages of insight, support and motivation that helps me to continue on this journey. Your help has helped me to help others by sharing my experiences. And even some say it might be too open. But I've helped so many people along the way. I relate to the messages that I receive um, on a daily basis. You know I've been there and you know I'm understanding. So I know that I can say this with confidence. That you can make it through as well. When you leave an abuser, you aren't immediately free. This is a misconception to many. You have to work hard to break the mould you made to survive with that abuser. You have to work hard to diminish the negative automatic thoughts You have to keep going. I am not a survivor. I'm still surviving. It's been eight years. Four years without having to see him for handover. And it's only in the last year that I've really felt like a significant change. That I'm finding the Jennifer that I meant to be. The Jen, the JJ. It may seem that online, it looks like I've got it together all the time, but it's not the case at all. Sometimes it's one step forward and two steps back for the most part. Social media can be edited life and I do try and balance it. 
there are some areas that I'm just really not ready to share because it's incredibly difficult trauma. But just know that when you get there as well and you realise you've still got to get somewhere else, never stop growing, never stop developing and keep on surviving. So that is indeed why the podcast did pause. That's why I couldn't do it. It was very emotional. I was dealing with this identity crisis. You can imagine the amount of stress, um, the lack of sleep, the the weight I've lost purely alone because I haven't been able to eat properly. But it's okay that this has happened. And I thought to myself that I'm going to be ashamed of this because to perhaps people in the sector, this isn't very professional. I haven't got my shit together. But like I said, I've always said I am surviving. I'm not a survivor. It doesn't make me anything less of a person and it doesn't mean that I'm not reliable because I meet the deadlines that are set by others. I know that I need to be kind to myself and I know that I need to give myself a break more often, but I'm back. So I'm sorry if you missed me, but now you know why and it didn't feel right not telling you what had been going on and not sharing it because ultimately that is what um, hashtag abuse talk was all about was connecting um, myself with other people with lived experiences and what came from that was those that work in the sector so I'm hoping either way you have learned from this part of my journey and if you're thinking about yourself now and your identity don't worry it's okay. You are allowed to think about who you are as a person without the labels. You're allowed to consider who you want to be and you can change it at any point. If you're not ready to do that now, that's completely okay. So I keep coming back to I'm back. And I say that because when I opened hashtag abuse talk, I said I would remain consistent It was important for me to be there for those that needed um, those conversations online. Obviously, it started as a Twitter chat and it's led on to a podcast and there is a Facebook group as well, which was originally a forum. The Twitter chat has remained ongoing throughout all of that time, but I'm sure that um, those of you who join in with the Twitter chat could tell that there is a difference, there was a difference within me. And I wasn't exactly present or able to have that conversation. Just like many of you um, might say, tonight's subject is really difficult for me to deal with. I need to take a break this week. Except for the four years that I've been running um, hashtag abuse talk on Twitter, I've probably taken a little longer than a week. I've probably taken a few months. But that's okay because I know that the community that I've developed and that I've built has got support and that understanding. So going forward, I am back. I have pre-recorded podcasts that are waiting for me to edit. But I would love some new guests. So I have plenty of episodes with lived experiences 
but I'm looking for those that are working in the sector to talk about a specific subject. I mean, when I say specific subjects, it's really niching it down. So it's about finding out what your job role is, um, how you help people. Um, but sometimes we cover a specific topic. So if you would like to either um, share your lived experiences or you're working in the sector and you have a specific subject you think needs highlighting, then please do get in touch with me. My email is contact at jennifergilmore.com. So I'm going to end it here on a positive note and say that the, the quote that I said a few years ago still sticks. Together we are louder. I will never stop sharing my story and I hope you can jump on board and share snippets of yours when it's safe and when it's ready because that ultimately encompasses together we are louder. You have been listening to me, Jennifer Gilmore, author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings. Both of them are available on Amazon or you can find them on my website, jennifergilmore.com.